I ask that because it's like not <laughs> nobody can answer me. What's I mean, going on, Del? I can make personalities if you want. You know, want them to answer you, girl. I need a break <laughs> from all the personalities and voices in this dome right here. So. Mm, 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 mm. Welcome, everyone. Hope y'all liked the last new fresh episode that aired. It was funny. Girl, Alex is a trip. She had me at <laughs> hold your breath when you count money. Oh, you and me both. I'm Nita. I'm Del. And this is Strange Peace. Yes. It is. <laughs> okay. I have no idea. I'd like to preface this with the fact that we've been drinking all night. Not all night. I mean, it started at like 10. Well, I, I, I had one drink before yeah, you, but it was, just a, it was just a G&T. It's been an adventure today. A good one. A mm-hmm. good one, I, I would say. We traveled back in time to 2007 girl that was like 2004 for me oh yeah yeah 2003 2004 five six if y'all joined our live on our instagram of our podcast ain't nobody joined it girl (laughs) (laughs) wait 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 we did have that leo sun cancer moon join oh yeah um to ask us about that and we also had our very own Leo son Vic on, on, on that bitch is us. my son. <laughs> All these bitches is your son. <laughs> anyway, hopefully everyone liked episode one of season two. Dose. Mm-hmm. I know I did. I was cracking the fuck up and I recorded it. So I, exactly. I was <laughs> laughing too. I was like, we funny. We funny. But uh, I don't know. My week hasn't been too bad. Again, still going through this new role I'm in. Um, I've been kind of figuring out what I want. Like, this is what's been generally going through my mind mm-hmm. this week. Um, Relationship-wise, what I'm looking for, what I want out of it. And, you know, I did think I could, like, just be casual. Turns out a bitch can't. What do you mean by be casual? Elaborate. You know, casual in the sense where... Booty call? Fuck buddies? Uh, that's, of benefits? That, that's what I think the general thought of casualness is right like friends with benefits Mm -hmm. and such but it's like i don't know i feel like people focus too much on the benefit part and not the friend part but maybe that's just me where i like take it personal where i'm like no like i need someone to feel like they care about me if they're trying to like have benefits with me i think it really um depends on the scenario that you're in and you already know where I'm going with this and I won't elaborate, but is it somebody that you've been friends with for years that you guys have always been really good friends? I feel like that aspect would be there if it's somebody that you dated in the past and now you just want the physical aspect of it for comfort. How does that work? Mm. Because then, of course, the, the affection's going to be there. But if it's somebody where, you know, it's like transactional and you made it you know, clear that that's what you want. Um, I'm rolling my eyes because that's what that's what it is. That's <laughs> what you're going to get. I, so, OK, telling someone like, yeah, we like we can be casual like that is so subjective. Like my idea of casual is still having the friendliness, still having the affection and the caring involved with it, not being so transactional. But the other person, their definition could be like, yeah, this is very transactional. Well, it all depends on whether or not the person was digging you before. Even if they were or weren't and they're still like transactional about it or. Well, I mean, I don't want to elaborate too much on your scenario here, but 
if at some point somebody, well, we can't really discuss this unless we elaborate, girl. So uh, I can't elaborate. All I'm going to say is I think it's subjective when people want to go into something casual. You have to realize in situations like these, it's not always going to be on your your terms or how you yeah. see it, which is why With, the casual thing is very if, tricky. And it's not for me. In yeah, that it's sense. not for like, everyone. It's what, not for that's me. That's my point of this whole conversation yeah. is that I'm learning it ain't for me. Right. And some so. people that's like all for them. Like this is that's the ideal, you know, like to com- be completely go for them. Shit, like detached and physical and just, you know, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. but me and my 75 personalities ain't going <laughs> girl I feel you I ain't about that life alright so but that's just that's what I've been like dealing with and being all emotional this week no, so who are you telling? this Aries moon in me is just I think I messaged you saying later. I don't know what the fuck is going on in the planets but it ain't it it's <sighs> not for me so all that to say, it's been a fucking draining week and happy to have this Friday. Nita made an incredible drink tonight. <laughs> it's our liquor baby. It was um, pretty good. A mix of mezcal, mm-hmm. cilantro, jalapenos. Um, what else? Agave. Agave. Organic agave. Uh, duh. <laughs> and lemon. And Juice. lemon. Freshly squeezed. Fresh lemon. Organic lemons. Duh. Organic, <laughs> <laughs> and we're on glass number two. So if um if we got, if you hear any ice tingling around, it's just this drink we're sipping on. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. It was it, there was something I said I wanted to talk about. What, I know what it is. What is it? It is entitled people. Ah, yes, oh. entitled. Yes, it's it's coming back to me now. Mm-hmm. Did <laughs> did something trigger me to? I don't know. I know you posted I just something said on that your Instagram. T- I just said that to you randomly, right? No, you right? said it to me randomly, and you had posted something on your Instagram about people who are entitled. So I've been having a lot of new experiences this, what, month, mm-hmm. I would say. And sometimes I just feel like a punching bag. Mm. So, like, in general, and not, like, with any malintent, but, like, everybody wants something. Everybody, like, you know, yeah. sometimes it just feels like people are just taking pieces of you, and then there's just not much left. And then that's when you feel deflated and you randomly text Mm -hmm. your best friend saying, girl, it's all about, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you you keep people keep taking from your cup and not filling it up afterwards. Mm -hmm. And that shit will leave you drink. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to set my drink somewhere. I shouldn't (laughs) something electrical. (laughs) (laughs) This is a flat surface. It's kind of our life. Don't mm, do not do that. Don't do that. I'm not going to do it. I did it. Um, <laughs> we're not even trying. Y'all. I swear we're not. Back yeah. I don't know. I think when I sent you that it had been a combination of people like a combination of work, people barking orders. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm in a position at work right now where in the industry that I work in, I've been in it for almost 12 years now. Ooh, yeah. Fucking a dinosaur now, which is crazy. I've been doing some soul searching as far as my career goes and found myself in a space where like, yeah, I'll take this pay cut to make a difference or mm-hmm. I'll, you know, like I like I'm always the one that's like, OK, like I just want to like work my way up when like I've taken myself out of situations where it's like, OK, I'm like financially set. 
but then that becomes too easy or I don't feel challenged or I don't feel like I'm contributing. I'll take myself out of that situation and put myself into something else, which is what I did the past year, which is what I've been doing actually the past few years. Mm. So I just don't want to settle. And now I'm in a place where I feel like extremely overqualified for what I'm doing. And, you know, I just run into situations where I'm extremely apathetic. I have no I have no motivation, no energy. Mm-hmm you know, there's just like no collaboration. And I just hear from people saying, do this, do that. Mm-mm. And it's just not for me. And and mind you, I don't mind like, I don't want to call it taking orders, but I don't mind taking directive. I, I You know, like I always check my ego at the door, um, especially if I have a superior. But when it's somebody that's equal and especially somebody that's just not as well-versed as I am, it, it always drives me nuts. So there's that. And then family always comes with that. You know, mm-hmm. you, you're, you're going to feel that way as a parent. You're going to, and you know, my daughter's bossy. <laughs> um, hmm, wonder where she gets that her from. Her dad. Um, right, right, right. So, right. <laughs> I don't know. There's just all of that. And then the, there's just people, you know, people that, you yeah. know, are f- constantly fucking with your space and your energy mm-hmm. that I'm kind of over the type of person that whenever you get together, this person just wants to talk about themselves and talk about their issues and talk about their woes and talk about what they're doing. They never ask you like how you're doing and it's because they don't care. But then it's like, why am I even conversing with someone who I know doesn't care? But then there's family, there's people that it's just not that easy to cut them off. And it's like, this is annoying. You bring up a great point, and I'm actually looking for something I came across earlier this week that I had posted, and I can't remember if it was like emotional liability, but basically just people who are that, who are emotionally healthy and know how to have a conversation, who contribute and ask how your day is. It's not one-sided. And I mean, this can fall under the toxic realm of people in your life, but at the same time, it's I guess this is this isn't a trait everyone has or is capable of. And that's the hard part. Caring. Caring and like not being self centered. But this is this is the thing. I think where I get triggered the most, the people that I find myself doing shit like that to me, the ones that only hit you up when they need something, or the mm-hmm. ones that think that you should drop everything for them because right. they need something, are the first ones to be in your grill if you know that's not going that your way and it's like the woe is me card you know what I mean and then all of a sudden they're the victim and it's like I, I can't even I can't even do it I just had a I mean it's it's not one specific thing it was just a, a bunch of things that mm-hmm. week or this week where I'm just like I just need a break yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean no, I feel you we got that today today was a good break we got pretty lit we had a club going on some old school hopefully y'all enjoyed that in the little episode uh (laughs) episode promo um so it was it's been a good time so far and happy to jump into um what i think we're going to call this segment i want to get to know you so what that is is us randomly picking cards from this game that um i found and answering them on the spot not checking ahead of time, just kind of being authentic and in the moment. Del knows like my freaking bowel movements at this point. <laughs> and you don't think that there's like a lot to learn at this point, you know, like in, in a friendship like ours. So like it's questions that we wouldn't typically ask each mm-hmm. other. So it's nice to gain that perspective. But it also opened the door for a lot of different conversation that yeah. we enjoyed as well. And I'm glad that you guys enjoyed it, too. And yeah, we're going to throw this segment throughout our episodes whenever it's suitable Mm -hmm. along with this segment definitely want to encourage everyone else to go ahead and ask your friends these questions too and get to know each other better as well 
Um, I think it'll be really interesting and healthy and hopefully it'll start no fights and I'll bring up no old wounds. Yeah. <laughs> but if it does, it's time for y'all to work through it. Again, so. we do not look at these. I tried. I won't lie to y'all. I tried to get Del to show me one <laughs> before we recorded. She's like, no, no. Yeah. Okay. I was like super mama today telling her like, we have to record with this bitch i'm vibing I'm i really was. <laughs> I was like we need to record um so but we're here and the first question is oh okay this, this is cool describe the moment you felt most alive it, it'd have to be when i had my daughter mm. i felt everything <laughs> um oh, physically and mentally and um, I would say that the, the 12 hours after I had her was the most alive and surreal for sure. Girl, childbirth. I can't even imagine. Mm, I don't want to imagine. Let me <laughs> sip this drink. Anything else? No, I'm waiting for you. <laughs> you got to ask me. I got to ask you the same question? Yeah. That's how this works. Well, how, give, me the, give me the card. You forgot already? I don't know exactly how I worded it. Oh, my God. God. Describe the moment. <laughs> Can't stand you, you felt most alive. Oh man! Well, it ain't giving birth because bitch ain't got no kids. Um, I know there has to have been a moment, but nothing is coming to mind right now. Oh, have I done anything crazy? If it makes you feel any better, the times I felt most alive before Alara were my darkest times. Oh, jeez! Because you feel everything. I can't really. You feel? You your, know what? Uh, no, I think. I felt most alive and maybe this is silly or corny, but to me in that moment in time, it wasn't, um, I would say going to a concert on my birthday by myself. Like it didn't go with friends. I really wanted to see this artist and I went alone. When you're at the point where you can do shit by yourself, mm-hmm. eat movies, concerts. Yeah. It's just a whole different level of liberation and freedom and, and self-love. Yeah, definitely. And that, and, and that was something you didn't do before. No, I yeah. didn't. So it was, it's like, I mean, one, you get tired of like either trying to coordinate with people or not doing something because someone can't. And it's like, no, like this is something I want to do. So I'm going to do it. And it was a great birthday because at, I've had birthdays where a lot of friends, like definitely not referring to Nita, but other friends were invited and sometimes they made it about themselves or they had like little negative Mm -hmm. comments. And it was just like something I didn't want to vibe with, especially I think it was my 29th birthday. So um, in those moments where I've gone to live shows, it's been incredible and I've felt alive. All the concerts actually, uh, Erica Badu was incredible. That was like fun to go to alone. And the one I went to on my birthday was Music Soul Child at City Winery. And that was incredible. It was like front row seat. Amazing artist, too. Yeah, it was a good time. What was your first impression of me that you never told me? Girl, I'll tell you everything. I know. Um, first impression of you was in high school. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know you until someone pointed you out because we were dating the same guy <laughs> we we're supposed to technically fight and we didn't um, even know about it but i saw you big curly hair and you always walked with your head sideways mm-hmm. i was like why does she walk with her head like that that was my first thought because i didn't see your face yet i already told me that so i was like she's so funny <laughs> like why 
I'm like maybe her I still head do that sometimes. Is, girl, is your head too heavy? Like it is. It's so heavy. I don't even know, man. All that thick hair, that <laughs> thick, beautiful hair. Um, but yeah, I thought she was beautiful. I was like, oh my god, beautiful, oh my god. beautiful. So, but I did think her head was too heavy because she walked with her head to the side all the time. I did. I don't know. It was like a. It was like my form of apathy, and I hated high school. I detested high school. I hated everything Knowing about it. Knowing what I know about you now, yeah, I would have hated it. Yeah, for, like, I really <laughs> hated high school. So like, I don't know. Just it was literally like, like a tantrum walk. If anything, that's so cute. That's I even st- cuter. <laughs> the fuck? I still do that. And if you notice, Alara does similar things. That's def- she's your kid. She's a spitting image. <sighs> she she is. Um, first impression. Yeah, what was your first impression of me that you never told me? Um that I know I don't think that there was anything that I ever told you I think it was like speaking to you and I was just like she's like like sweet and docile I'm like I I think I just got like really angry at the person who started the rumor because I'm like there's no way this girl was walking around saying this shit about me like (laughs) and you're obviously your voice it's like oh my god she has a nice voice and then I remember getting self-conscious because I'm like she has a really nice voice and stop um I don't know I was like I don't think I ever got like a really good look at you until I spoke to you. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because a lot of people would confuse us for one another. We we, we didn't even know each other. Yeah, at that I point. know. But we did like we we had like the same sweater at one point. <laughs> yeah. And I and I and I remember like friends of yours would like like talk to me and they'd be like, oh, like it was weird. <laughs> yeah. I had a like, few. Um, I few of your friends to like yeah. come up to me like joking with me while I'm at my locker I'm like what the f- I don't know you like oh shit my bad my bad <laughs> and like walk away <laughs> all nervous but yeah um, I basically thought the same we, thing we were both short curly haired mm-hmm. um, girls in high school so that's pretty funny mm-hmm. but here we are <laughs> man it's crazy. crazy it's so so crazy the way I, life works. I'm so glad though that you were able to see like my character through to know like I obviously wasn't saying shit or talking shit. We were meant to. And honestly, mm-hmm. I feel so strongly in, in general that once you really get to know somebody, it's so hard for you to dislike someone. Like think mm-hmm. of like think about all of the people that you've actually even people that you you know you thought you disliked or you thought were gossiping or whatever the case may be, and you actually get with this person or somebody that you had a bad impression of. Yeah. How often do you still feel that way after like clearing the air with them or even though we had nothing to clear the air about, it was just a bunch of people basically lying. Um, But in general, like I I find it hard, like if I can find some kind of common ground with you, it like just really neutralizes all of the dislike or the tension or whatever the case may be. I mean, for the most part. Yeah, I was gonna say for the most part, because I don't have many success stories about, you know, confronting someone who I knew was talking shit and they were talking shit. So, well, yeah, obviously it's Um, all in the approach. I've definitely approached people with like a lot of ego and some violence sometimes. But I mean, for the the most part, (laughs) I love how calmly you're saying this, though. Yeah, I've grown. I don't do that shit anymore as much. (laughs) Um, no, it, it it really, it does take a lot to trigger me physically, like yeah. to be violent at this point. Like, I, what was that funny? I saw a meme that was like, if you see me crying in an argument, call the police. Yeah, Girl. that's you. <laughs> that's funny, but it's true. <laughs> okay, one more, one more, okay, one more. One more. 
when do you feel that I judge you and what why do you think I do? I would not be friends with you ever like this. I, I mean, I think the whole like success <laughs> in nature of our our friendship yeah. is because there's literally no judgment. Mm-hmm. Like I, you're literally the only human on this planet that I can do whatever, say whatever. And I don't feel like you're going to turn your back on me. Um, so definitely never, but I do get self-conscious sometimes because you see every side of me. Right. So mm-hmm. not every side is, is good. It's just fact of the matter. We all have like demons. We all have devils, you know, we all do yeah things that are not you know ideal and there's times where you know you're doing something wrong or you've done something wrong and you're aware of that and you acknowledge that and it's not so much fear of judgment but it's it's just respect of opinion of someone that you love where it's it's more of a fear there's no justification for this action and what if like what if Del sees it that way or like what if it affects you know the way that she looks at me not Mm. so much fear of the judgment itself but like fear of how you view me, view me. So, um, yeah, judgment never. I, I don't think our friendship would be as successful if if we felt that there was judgment there. And if there was ever a time where we felt it, we usually would call it out on the spot, yeah. and one one of us would be like, "Girl, bye." There's times where we just are, you know, have the bitch bye moment or the the talk a day later. Like I, you know, felt this way when you said X Y Z. But it's not even an out of judgment. It's more so like we were just like whatever we're doing in the moment, maybe just kind of oblivious to what's happening and said something. And then maybe one of us is just in a more emotional space and took it a different way. Like that's completely different. If your friends are judging you, that's not really a friend. They're not your friends, man. They're just not. I just want to remind everybody that you are constantly receiving signs from the universe constantly. Oh yeah. Conversations you hear that you actions expect to hear blatantly numbers. Mm -hmm. It's always, it's always putting things in perspective for Mm -hmm. you. And our biggest issue is that we choose to ignore that constantly. Yeah. So just a friendly reminder. What else you got going on girl? Uh, nothing. I was just going to jump back to your entitled people rants mm-hmm. because I f- feel like sometimes I am entitled or I act like I'm entitled. Me too. And it's a struggle. Like we are, it's easy to call out other people. Generally and, and or in specific them. situations? I think specific situations. Generally, I don't, I don't, I would hope I don't act entitled or come off entitled to other people. And if I do, I'm definitely open to hearing that and having that conversation because it's not something that I want to give off. But in, in a sense where I feel like sometimes people owe me a response when I message them or I need instant communication or, um, sorry, ego. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fucking ego. We had this conversation earlier this week where, it's not always ego, though, right? Mm-hmm. Insecurity. Yeah, insecurity, fear. You know, there's like a, fi- a thin line between all of that. So you got to also remember when it's your ego and when it's mm-hmm. not. And truly checking your ego at the door is a very difficult thing. I even asked, you know, like, how do I do that? How do I check my ego at the door? Because it was a situation where I definitely had said something in a message where it wasn't me 
It definitely wasn't me. No, absolutely not. <laughs> like I was shocked even myself I, that I even said something like that. And I usually have a quick, like, you know, like some kind of witty response <laughs> for, you know, whatever. Like there's always an explanation when I like Dell tells me something. It's like, <laughs> here's the explanation for this. And I had to pause for a second. I'm like, oh, girl, why did you say right? that? <laughs> and when I told her, I was, and I mean, it was She's like, I know it was <laughs> such an insecure moment for such an insignificant um scenario i but you initially called it out as ego yes i thought it was ego because i don't even know why i thought i think it was just because my feelings were hurt i i assumed it was my ego and really it was like your past experiences your past traumas your past heartbreak your past insecurities whatever they may be yeah you know just bubbled and they you know came to the surface surface, right i didn't see that as ego in in that instance well, when I called Nita, that's where that's what I explained it as like, oh, my ego, like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, why did I say this? Well, in the beginning with this with the situation that you called mm-hmm. me with, it, there was ego in there. There was an issue with ego because there's like different parts to the to the conversation. But specifically what when you sent that message that you sent, uh, which guys wasn't like the most terrible thing, but it's just very out of character for for Dell. That was an ego. Yes, you're strong and you handle your own and you're independent and you got and you're tough. All of these things are true, but sometimes the funniest thing will remind you of the things that hurt you or the things mm-hmm. that scare you or the things that you're just like not confident about. And we all have we all have this constantly. For me, it's the the trigger for me that like I think reverts me back or has like these topics surfacing again or these emotions resurfacing is any shortness or curtness in messaging and it could completely just be the person this is their style of texting it's tough and but we're just so and i say we like you know i don't mean to include you in that no but we're so um i don't want to say damaged but it's, it's just a trigger it's a trigger from whatever past emotional scars that there it goes like oh man it brings you back to that person being short you know they're being short on purpose and now you apply it to yeah, this person you start to question intent and yeah. you start to question but that's the thing comparison is the devil mm-hmm. and it's like yes your past experiences are what make you but then you also can't drag them into new shit because you're gonna like cripple yourself in that situation and it sucks because there's you you have to constantly look for and try to find that balance. Mm-hmm. This is something I struggle with. So it's like, I don't technically have advice for it because I do this shit all the time. I'll think I'm on top of it with one thing and the simplest thing can happen that will take me back to my most insecure moment where I just feel like a child again or Ugh, heartbroken and, again. Or And I'm going to like attribute that to our inner child not being healed. Mm. That's all I'm going to say about that mm, for, girl. for now. How do you hear your how do you heal your inner child in your 30s? I'm working on it. I am working on it. The experience I had the last time where I like just was full on remembering reverting back to memories I had, you know, stashed away in my brain that I'd forgotten. And in that experience, it was kind of like a pretty spiritual experience. I was reminded that I'm always so tough on the outside, mm-hmm. always, where I can't cry, I can't show emotion, I have to be strong, I have to be mature, I have to be an adult, I have to be the adult in the situation, I have to be the one who knows better and knows more. 
and everyone else has to be the same way. And that's because little Delia inside didn't want to come out. She didn't want to like live her childhood and be this like happy little girl and have fun and dance around like I once used to love to do. It's the environment. Because that environment's like, taken away from you. It's scary out there. Yeah. I don't want to go out there. Yeah, don't make me. I don't me. blame her, girl. But that's the problem because we're trying to protect her in there, our inner child, or hide them in there that when these things happen, we don't know how to accept something so simple that can bring us joy because we're so focused on not the negative, but just like one track responsible mind. We can't have fun. We have a job to do. We need to get it done. We need to make money. We need to pay bills. We need to make sure everyone else is good. Little child inside can wait. And that's what happens. We neglect our inner child and we need to start healing that inner child by thinking back to when we were younger, things that we enjoyed doing. So I used to love just dancing around when I was like a little kid I love dancing everywhere mm-hmm. so what do I do now if I'm cleaning I'm dancing if I'm in the yeah. shower I'm dancing if I'm on a work break I'm dancing let it out yeah it's uh, and I actually had a conversation about this yesterday we've been in this phase where we've been like talking about mm-hmm. um like even at you know five six years getting to know each other right so like yeah. we were talking about like the different phases of our lives like the different like we've went through different phases with many different groups of people where you know like one year we would spend with the same people the next year we would spend with others like you remember this mm-hmm. um you know the phases where we weren't as close you know because yeah. one of us was dating one or the other you know whatever and um he had asked me so like i i like in chronological order was going through like the different phases of um you know, of my life and who I was hanging with and what I was yeah. doing and all this stuff. Right. And he's like, which group of people that you spent your time with did you enjoy the most? And it's like, ah, I didn't like never really thought about that. Mm. Um, and it was it was the group that I hung out with like after high school. And I was I, I spent almost two years like really just hanging out with this group of people a lot right so this is like right after Mm. right after high school freshman year of college we were very close-knit we all lived in the same neighborhood we did shit during the day we did shit at night and house parties and we did activities together like daytime activities together that didn't involve drinking or whatever the case may be right so you know i was like it, it had to have been this group because i was still still a kid you know what I mean like I didn't dive into intent I didn't dive into who was thinking what about me like we just enjoyed our time Mm. we 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 were fucking kids like we you know like you're still young as a senior in high school freshman in college whether you realize it or not like you're still a baby so there's so much that I hadn't seen at that point so much you know heartbreak that didn't happen yet so much experiences that didn't you know take place um, so much experience that didn't take place. And um, I told him, I'm like, I think it had to have been this group. One, it was a great group of people, but I also, it was the most innocent time of my mm-hmm. life where I had a very consistent group of friends, mainly because I was just focused on their company and I wasn't focused on anything else. What are we doing today? This is what we did today. We had a good day today. Um, where are we partying tomorrow? And yeah, like, we did that. Simple. And, it was just so simple. And it's like, there's no way. And it was a big group of people, right? So it was at least like seven of us that like hung out mm. consistently, right? So like, 
I think about it now in my 30s, hanging out with seven people consistently would exhaust the fuck out of me. And not necessarily because of the person, but just because of my own head. Like, I can't be around that many people. I can't be around that many different energies. And I always have my guard up and I don't trust people like that. So even if I'm cool with somebody, like, I'm never going to fully, like, not open up. Yeah, Yeah. not think of motive or not think of intent or... It's like, hang on how this message was sent to me hang on if somebody was being short with me like mm. this stuff drives me crazy now this is why my circle is so small i know how you communicate i know how vic communicates you know like yeah everybody that's in my circle like we know how they operate and we know what to expect from them nothing is like really surprising so in the event that there is an anomaly it's truly something that should be discussed because there's something off i like that <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't I just cannot be in a situation at like as a, the type of person that I am nothing drives me more insane than wondering what someone is like thinking and it's terrible mm. at this point because yeah. it shouldn't be that way it really shouldn't be but it's like I'm always the one that's like what did you really mean by that or like is this person being upfront so Hmm. Yeah, I mean, your inner, yeah, my inner child is like, I don't know where she at, girl. Called child services for her ass because I'm going to stop. <laughs> she's definitely in there. I think you, you'd have to go further back to when you were a child and think of the things you enjoyed doing that didn't require um, nothing. No, there's something. <laughs> there definitely is. My childhood, I didn't care for it. And 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 I know there's a lot of kids that had way worse childhoods than I did. Mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't beaten. Food every day. My mom cooked every single day. Roof over our head. We went on vacations. We had money. Mm-hmm. Both of my parents lived in the house. But there was just there was just a lot missing. Like I still like I feel like now in my 30s I'm just now really getting to know my mom and vice versa. As a kid, I I was exposed to a lot at a young age that mm. I, I just like I'm very conscious of it now. And I try not to expose my my daughter to any of that. But no, I feel like I had to grow up a lot quicker than I would have liked. I had to figure out everything on my own. Um, nothing was handed to me and mm-hmm. not that I w- wanted it to. But like there was just no support. Right. So like yeah. my mentality was always I'm alone. I got this on my own. I'm going to do this by myself. You can't rely on anybody, not even the people that brought you into this world. Right. And, and not in a negative way. It was just the way that like it was just a very tough love environment. So when I look back on childhood now, I don't there's just nothing that's like, oh, yeah. Mm. So when you and a, as an adult going into that world, how how are you going to be? <laughs> I wonder if everyone else who was born in like the late 80s, early 90s feels this way. Earlier at Target, when I asked you, when I saw that father and his daughter, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, is it hard to be a good father, to be a good parent? And he was like, what? At first I was offended. (laughs) I, I, not offended, but I, I thought you were saying like, like, like kudos to the dad. Like it's, it's, isn't it, it's hard to be a father. I'm like, Bitch, it's hard to be a mother too. Okay, yeah, you came back at me with the uh, I don't know, girl. I'm just worried about being a good mom. I'm like, <laughs> and then you're like, <laughs> Del was like, <sighs> <It's> like <laughs> rephrase it. 
Um, but I honestly so oblivious. I had no idea that it struck her that way until right now yeah. when she said this, it. I was like, what? <laughs> like, no, fuck these dudes. <laughs> but I elaborated and was For like, no. Fathers like, like ours. Fathers like yeah. ours where it's it's like you see, you know, parenting by a father and how it looks natural the way that they interact with their kids, son, daughter, whatever. And then I think back, like I know, you know, Nita has a struggling relationship with her father. I have a struggling relationship with mine. And it's like, did did he even know? And he being my father, did he even know like how to like, did he try to be a good dad? Like, what did he think that was? And my sister had just told me today, she's like, he was such a good dad to everyone else but us. I'm like, what? I'm like, what do you even mean? She's like, well, my cousin, our cousins were talking and telling me like, oh, yeah, uncle, you know, uncle, that's the best. Mm -hmm. Took us to the park. He took us to get ice cream. So sweet. It's like, she's like, why didn't he take us to the park? Why didn't he take us to get ice cream? I'm like, girl, that's not being a good dad. Like, that's not even being like a good uncle. Like, you have to be way more present in someone's life than taking them to a park or buying them ice cream. Like, that's just kind of material. Like, he needs to be supportive to be there to guard us and guide us and protect us and he wasn't that yeah there's always the argument of like okay what kind of childhood they have my dad had a terrible childhood Mm. he's a refugee in 1967 Mm. war um poor he just had a very rough childhood always hungry uh my dad's been working since he was nine okay like in the craft that he's in now still today. And um, yeah, it's mm. like, that's rough. So I get it. But then it's like, okay, well we had like, I had a tough childhood and I like think not, I don't think twice. I t- think 10 times every step that I take with my kid because yeah. I know, I know the lack and I know how it felt and I would never impose that on my child. So it's always like a debate because I've had people in my, like in my family or whatever, argue with me that's like well he doesn't know he because he, he never experiences he doesn't know how to love and i genuinely mm. feel like i know he knows because i see the way he is with my daughter he's been warm towards us is mm-hmm. in him right but like he doesn't know how to act on it right but at, at the end of the day like there was a lot of things that i didn't know naturally and i had to learn on my own and the minute that i brought a child into this world like you learn you you learn <laughs> but like it was to me it was just like my job is to protect you and mm-hmm. your the, the the perception of what's important to parents in in our culture and it doesn't matter where you come from i just feel like like the older culture of 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 parents that aren't white no offense because <laughs> white people are different man they're just different um it's 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 different like What's important to, and I still see it today, like my mom has acknowledged a lot of things, mm-hmm. but then like she'll say something where it's like, man, you guys really prioritize all the wrong shit. Like what's important to you is it's not going to benefit. And I'm your child and I'm telling you here at 30 something years old that I am still resentful for ABC. So mm-hmm. no, you did not handle this right. You know what I mean? Don't tell me how to handle this it's- with my child. <laughs> It's interesting because, you know, you said you kind of like understand their upbringing, but it's like you lacked things in your upbringing and you're conscious enough, aware enough to realize now as a parent, these are things that you don't want to do and what you do want to do to be there for your child. But it all depends on what's affected you, right? Like what you... They're affected. 
Right. But what you walked away from. So like like my dad's biggest thing, his biggest thing was he's he starved as a kid. Okay, like he was hungry. There was Mm -hmm. there was a he had a ton of siblings. Right. Uh, Grandfather left to Colombia, then ended up getting married in Peru or something and then came to you know, Chicago, my dad, my dad didn't meet his dad until 17 till he mm-hmm. like brought like his sons to Chicago. So like, uh, it, it was like as a childhood, I think the only thing that he thinks of is, is I was hungry. I didn't have money. Like this was, this is something that, you know, when you're, you're one of nine, right? Like you're just like, this is, this is what you're thinking of. Mm-hmm. So when we were growing up, we ate the best food always, yeah. right? Our ki- our our fridge, you know, he, he went grocery shopping. The, when we ate, like he spent money. Like if we went on vacation, restaurants were it. Like I I would travel with him and just be nauseous by the end of the day because he would <laughs> make me eat so much. Yeah. Um, and then he'd throw material things at us, right? And then I would always dissect that and think like, he th- this is what he thinks. He thinks he's doing the right thing it's come up in arguments it's come up in debates like i never de- you were never deprived of anything but it's like dude i've told this to him before i've told this to like all you know anybody that i would have been okay growing up poor if i had you guys 100 percent present mm. like if you truly knew me you know knew anything about me so it's crazy because it's like a few episodes back with Constance, she had like brought up a good point. You know, I'd asked her, how do you get over that resentment? And it's like, there is no parent who intentionally wants to hurt their child. Yeah. You know, for the, for the most part, right. There's some sick fucks out there, but for the most part, people do what they think. Mm -hmm. I hate saying the best because it's like, that's not the best. The best is difficult. It's the best they can. That they know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. I, walked away from that episode you know obviously there's so many great things in that episode but that one that one statement where it's like there is no parent who intentionally wants to do this and i needed to under i needed to accept that in Mm. order to move on um that helped me move differently with my you know with my parents Hmm. Um, just started focusing on things accepting their personality quirks expect accepting just how they are accepting that they have their own traumas and their own issues that they're dealing with even today as adults and just live in the moment with them and stop. And it's a definitely a toxic trait that I have. I always like start picking apart the negative about, you know, in every situation because I'm expecting it. Mm. It's changed the way that I've operated with her since. Um, and we're in a good space. So, I mean, you you can't you are not responsible for changing other people's traumas, right. especially not your parents. Um, but you're fully responsible on how you choose to act with other people, with your children, whatever the case may be. And it's tough because at the end of the day, you're also a product of your own environment. If shit was lacking, or like you don't know how to go about mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's tough. I get it, but I don't know. It's, I kind of expect yeah. like my you know, my parent that I, I don't have a great relationship with to make the effort to want to still be a protector. But I think in his eyes, he truly thinks that once we're adults, his job is over. 
And I feel like I've heard him say that before. Like, oh, you guys are adults. Like, I don't have to be your parent. Okay, but what about when you weren't adults? And that's that's another thing. Like, it it doesn't really click in his brain. And I've said it to, um, you know, my mom. Like, I don't think he... He never really took time to be a father. He was so busy trying to find himself in other women, trying mm-hmm. to be, um, t- trying to have a partner. Cause he didn't, I don't think he could, he found happiness in just being a father by himself, single or being happy by himself. He, he's always needed someone. I mean, that's the thing. There's just so many factors that go, you know, that go yeah. into this. Damn, I'm putting him on blast. He don't listen to my podcast anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, at the end of the day, some yeah. people are not meant to be parents. And I'm not saying that in a negative way, like you should have never been a parent, but <laughs> it isn't for everybody. This, this shit tested me and tried me in so many ways. And I'm okay admitting that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'll die right now for my child, but it's it's hard. And it's not for everybody. It's not for, and it's definitely not for anybody who didn't get to live out their own childhood. Mm. You know, that's for sure. So it's interesting, man. Everybody comes with their own set of factors that like plug into a situation and it's it's hard. I'm done being the judge and the jury on other people and I'm just like trying to do my best within whatever is in my control. But it's yeah, it's definitely hard when mm-hmm. it's people that are close to you that how do you heal from that? I feel like I can't I don't think I can ever heal. I just feel like I have to be more accepting of certain things. There's a lot of shit that you can't change. No, definitely. I mean, once people are especially set in their ways, you can't, you know, operate around trying to change them. You just make yourself unhappy. This episode definitely took a turn. (laughs) It is what it is. And that's what comes out. And this is a shit that we talk about all the time. So, yeah, it's it's necessary. And I feel like on this front, a lot of people could definitely relate. If you do relate, you already know to hit us up. Mm -hmm. Where can they hit us up at, girl? Well, since you asked, they can email us <laughs> at hello at strangepeacepodcast.com. You heard it? <laughs> I drink a lot, guys. And when I drink a lot, I have these like little tiny little burps that come out. It's and so Del heard it. Funny. I'd be editing them out of the episodes and shit, editing the last them time out. We recorded. Um, I was like, what is that? I was like, girl, you hear that? It's like, bitch, it's me. <laughs> She's like, it's me. I'm like, what do you mean it's you? It's like, the, it's not even a burp. It's like, there's just this little tiny sound and it's so annoying. It's but like anyway, when your throat makes noises. The anyway, same way my eyeball makes noise. My eyeball made that noise the other day, by the way, because it was dry <laughs> as fuck. Girl. Okay. Anyway, if your eyeball also makes that noise, you can text us or leave us a voicemail <laughs> and let us know that we're not the only weirdos that this happens to. At 312-945-8860. Oh, Twitter is at Strange Peace Pod and our IG is at strange.peace.podcast. But yes, it was fun. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to hit us up if you have any comments or anything to add or mm-hmm. whatever. Until next time. Until next time. Bye. Bye.